0: This podcast is brought to you by the Leafwing Center, helping children and families since 1999. Brought to you by the Clinical Treatment Team at the Leafwing Center. This is the Autism Parent Helper Podcast.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Leafwing Center Podcast. Here, we like to discuss anything and everything related to ABA and autism. My name is Savan Salikian. I'm a board-certified behavior analyst at the LeafWing Center, and with me today are my amazing colleagues. <laughs> my name is Ray Reyes. I'm a BCBA at the LeafWing Center.
0: My name is Manjeet Sadhu, and I'm also a BCBA at the LeafWing Center.
2: Greetings, everybody. I'm John
3: Lubers, and I'm a behavior analyst as well. Fantastic,
1: everyone. So for today, we want to do a Q&A, a question and answer of the most commonly searched ABA keywords. So we're pulling this off search engines, we're pulling this off the most commonly searched keywords and questions that the public, you, are asking out there. So we'll go through as many of these as we can, folks, and there are quite a few. And keep in mind, please, that some of the wording on these questions, they might sound a little bit. Grammatically different. Some of them might be in a statement format. Some might be shorter questions, others longer. And we'll cover as much ground as we can today. And if we missed anything, folks, as always, please feel free to reach out to us anytime with your questions and we'll answer those for you. We'll leave some contact information towards the end of the episode. And with that, shall we start with our first question, guys? Let's do it. Fantastic. Ray, this one's yours. All right. Let's do this. First question. Can ABA therapy cure autism? That is an excellent question,
2: Sivan. To say cure, it implies that we know the cause. Right now, although there are multiple possible explanations as to how ASD comes about, there really is no single cause identified. With that being said, with research based interventions such as ABA, it's been shown to at least improve upon those deficits or areas in which individuals are having difficulties with in a way, you know, uh, facilitate improving their lives over time, basically. So no, there is, it is not a cure.
3: Yeah. Since we don't know the cause of it specifically, we can't really say there is a cure for it. And Mm -hmm. um, we can say that it can address all of the symptoms and alleviate those or remediate those, but cure is a little bit Mm -hmm. of a stretch for us.
1: Yeah. Thank you guys. And let's move on to the next question. This one might be something that parents, caregivers might be curious about regarding the qualifications or the screenings for ABA therapists. So the next question is, do ABA therapists get drug tested? Another good question. We won't speak for all the ABA agencies
2: in regards to this topic, you know, as each ABA company and, you know, that number has grown over the years. Each company may have their own approach or policy when it comes to drug testing. All right. As a pre-employment requirement or uh, implemented as a periodic random drug testing. But however, at least for us, for Leifling Center, we expect our staff to be professionals, show up for work, 100% productive and safe You know, when working with others, and most especially when working with our kiddos. And with that in mind, though, will a staff member get drug tested? With ample reason, the answer is yes. You know, and it is a requirement if something, you know, someone got reported for being office, you know, and if we suspect that it, it may be involved, then we will, we will require that staff member to go through such testing. Yeah, this, and this is
3: a complicated topic as well, Ray, as you kind of talked about with the legalization of marijuana. Mm, in exactly. More and more states, most people probably would describe marijuana as a drug in quotes and then also if you consider that sometimes people are prescribed medication you know by their physicians so they have mm-hmm. a legal and valid prescription so it's really complicated and then to add to that some of our contractual and agency companies have contractual relationships with insurances or school districts or regional centers some of those contractual relationships might also require or strongly suggest that there are, are zero drug tolerance policies and or random testing is required of the agencies providing the service like you said ray i think most agencies nowadays are really moving towards zero tolerance policies mm-hmm. If they don't already have it and they do have either random if it's permitted legally in their state Mm -hmm. or some form of drug testing and discouragement for any Mm -hmm. professional to be either under the influence or partaking in that so that it affects their job performance.
1: Yes. Thank you guys for exploring that question with us. The next question, does ABA therapy work? research over the years have uh, shown
2: that ABA therapy can work however it is an applied science the science itself the science of ABA is valid but it still boils down to having competent individuals you know doing the work implementing these ABA principles you know on a daily basis when they work with clients children or in a school setting or home setting or whatnot does it work by definition it Does it does work, but like I said, we still need to have capable individuals doing the work.
1: Thank you, Ray, for pointing that out. The next question, which kind of ties in a little bit to the one I just asked, does ABA therapy help with speech? I don't see any
2: reason why not. One way to look at ABA is to look at it as a means to effectively teach, and that's something I always tell people: what is ABA all about? Uh, You know, for me as a behavior analyst. I want the folks to get it right away. It is all about effective teaching, how to teach something as effective as possible. And if you're looking at it that way, then why not? Yes, it, the principles of ABA can be used to teach someone, like in a speech therapy, I'm assuming, you know, with this keyword out there on the internet. For example, we want to teach a child to say help. So in the beginning, what we want to do is Strengthen approximations to the word help. For example, you know, that word. So they say the ABA therapist will say, Can you say help? The child will say, you know, and the child will get a consequence in the form of positive reinforcer to make the stronger in the future. Now, let's say from that point, the child is starting to say, huh. So from there, you know, the child gets positive reinforcement for saying. Something that is more than the last approximation that they're able to say. So just for that example, can ABA help speech?
1: Yes, it can. Definitely. Thanks for breaking that down, Ray. And I agree with you 100%. And I think another thing to add to that, one of the great things about ABA is we like to factor in motivation Mm -hmm. when it comes to speech. Mm-hmm. all about capturing and creating that motivation for speech to occur. So like mm-hmm. that example that you pointed out with help, we might even capture or create a situation in which the child needs help, mm-hmm. like opening a toy container for example. So when that motivation is there, it is even easier for us to evoke that vocalization or or an approximation,
2: yeah, so that's yes, one of the definitely. things ABA
1: that is not unique to ABA, but it's definitely something important. We we, we want to factor in motivating operations uh, mm. whenever we target speech and functional communication. But awesome. definitely. Thanks for breaking that down, Ray. Right. On. And
3: I think too, you know, another thought, another way to kind of talk about this a little bit or bring some life to this, guys, is that there's a big movement nowadays for integrated care. And so, where ABA can teach speech, so does speech and language pathology, speech therapists. In the notion of integrated care, if the two professionals are working in tandem, both the speech mm-hmm. therapist and the behavior analysis team the behavior analytic team, it can really result in some nice goals for the individual that we're working
1: with. Absolutely. Coordination of care, interdisciplinary teams. Awesome, guys. Next question. Is ABA therapy covered by Medicaid?
2: As of February 2019, it really depends on where or which state you live in. Although the Center for Medicaid and Medicare Services have told the states back then to provide medically necessary diagnostic and treatment services to individuals living with ASD, it appears that, unfortunately, not all states in the U.S. have followed the directive. Again, that was back in 2019. So things may have changed since then. But you know, for folks here in California, MediCal does cover ABA. but um, regardless where you live, you can reach out to ABA agencies in your area, in your state and ask if your state has a Medicaid program that covers ABA services.
3: And I think it could be expected that Mm -hmm. with time, Ray, you know, like you said, CMS has put out the suggestion in the rule to cover Medicare, Medicaid. The states will start to adopt as they are better informed and as their policy and infrastructure kind of builds out. So I would expect that in the future, we will have universal coverage.
1: Thank you, guys. That's very helpful. Is ABA therapy effective? You know, in
2: behavior analysis, we have the same, for example, like reinforcement, you know, reinforcement, the procedure, reinforcement procedure is basically defined by its effect on behavior. Sometimes you'll hear, oh, you know, I did positive reinforcement, you know, at school today, it didn't really work, you know, so what did I do, Ray? And of course, you know. in my head, I'll think, well, if it has no effect on the behavior you want to have an effect on, then it's not reinforcement. So by definition, ABA or principles under ABA are effective by definition. You just got to have to do it right. That's where it really boils down. You got to have competent individuals again.
3: Yeah. I get asked that question Mm -hmm. occasionally by families. Will it help my son or daughter? Is it going to help and, uh, or even how much will it help? And I, mm-hmm. I usually answer in almost all cases, there is some um, success, mm-hmm. um, whether that be a small modicum of success or um, significant progress. There are mm-hmm. so many variables that weigh into whether or not it's successful that it's really hard to kind of give an answer without really getting into it and doing it. But in almost my clinical experience, in almost all situations, I have seen some success, some progress, whether it's a few things Mm -hmm. important, but a few things, or a lot of things that have been taught, learned, and Mm -hmm. progress is evident.
2: And it really boils down to the specific goals for each individual. And we know that in our practice that, you know, the goals, the behavioral goals for the vast number of clients we work over the years, they're all very different. You know, some goals will not require as much like work, I guess, you know, whereas some, it's it's very comprehensive. Everybody
1: has to be on the same sheet. So yes, definitely. Right on, you guys. And I agree. The success is almost always there. It Mm -hmm. Just varies on the level levels of success that we get. Is ABA therapy good?
2: (laughs) I had to think about this when I read that. Is ABA therapy good? Yeah,
1: this is an example of one of those questions that Mm -hmm. we you you know, as a behavior analyst, I
2: I, my default is to approach something good. Okay, what does that mean? I have to operationally define what is good. For most people, what they probably how they will define good is. Again, is it effective? Does it work? That's that must be good, right? We must agree that that's pretty much what they probably mean. So, coming back to the very similar question that I've asked uh, that I've answered earlier, uh, it's is it good? If we mean is it effective? Yes, ABA therapy has been shown to be good in addressing behavioral challenges associated with ASD
3: and i would add to that guys that too now you know best practices in behavior analysis is really moving uh, has moved and is moving farther in the direction of mm-hmm. you know positive behavior supports reinforcement based exactly. approaches mm-hmm. so it's very benevolent benign and humane in terms of its its approaches so mm-hmm. from that perspective i think i would also agree with you rayad it, it is good it's effective it's benign benevolent and efficacious so it is good.
2: Yeah, and, and I'm glad you brought that up. I never read it that way, that kind of good. So in a way, yes, you're right. It is positive behavior supports. You know, um, we want we always want to focus on implementing interventions, procedures based on positive reinforcement. Thanks, John.
1: <laughs> so this next question is kind of a, a little bit of a curveball. Is A therapy? okay and let me try this one
2: <laughs> applied behavior analysis aba as we know it is a branch of the science of behaviorism aba looks into how principles of behavior can be applied in the natural setting in order to to promote better lives for individuals you know focusing on pro-social behaviors and all that so ABA therapy and how it is used as therapy for each individual varies greatly depending on each individual's very
1: specific needs. So it is therapy. Right
2: on. Thank you, Ray.
1: Thanks for thanks for answering those. Yeah,
2: no, you're welcome. Uh, so is that it? I think you're next, Sivan.
1: What do you have for me, Ray?
2: <laughs> All right. <laughs> so <laughs> let me be the interrogator this time, Sivan. First question or first statement
1: commonly asked on the internet, where do ABA therapists work? That's a great question. And that's one that we get asked too, especially at the beginning of mm-hmm. services. Sometimes parents, caregivers, they're curious about, Okay, can the behavior therapist come to school with my child? Mm-hmm. Or are all the sessions going to be in the home? Can we go out places? So this is a great question. Mm-hmm. And it really depends on the needs of the client. It also depends on family preferences. It also depends on the approach used by a given ABA agency or an individual provider. Mm-hmm. Some ABA organizations might be much more clinic-based. Others mm-hmm. might be more in-home or school-based, like mm-hmm. natural environments of you know where the child is throughout their day. Generally speaking, though, ABA therapists will work in places where the services are needed. Yes. And this will typically include four environments and that's the home environment, the school environment, a clinic environment and the community. But one of the most common places where services take place is the home setting. Mm-hmm. Right. So this is where a child and, and his family spend most of their time. This is also the child's natural environment. You know, many of their toys, their, their, their instructional tools, the household items, the familiar people and, and activities, these are all within immediate access in the home setting. It really is the kiddo's natural environment. Mm-hmm. And this can be beneficial to learning. So let's say we're teaching a child to wash their hands, maybe in the early stages teaching a child to wash his hands in his own bathroom sink can promote effective learning. The sink's familiar. It's, it's accessible. The environment can be modified easily to make the task easier, like using a stepping stool or moving soap and towels around. It's also important though, that once the child learns to to wash his hands in his own sink, that He's able to generalize that skill to other settings and and people. And that's referred to as, as generalization, which we'll cover in a different podcast. So the home setting is one of the most frequent places in which services are provided. The school setting is another very common place where ABA therapists work. So typically, the ABA therapists will be a part of the child's IEP team and will play an integral role and facilitating the child's behavioral, social, communication, and and play goals, among other goals as well. And like I was saying earlier, sometimes parents will ask, "Okay, can we go places? Can we go to the park? Can we mm-hmm. go on play dates?" And the short answer to that, and this will vary on you know different agencies, policies, and stuff. But generally, yes, the community setting is a very important place for ABA therapists to provide their services. Mm-hmm. These might include trips to the grocery store Mm -hmm. or or a play date or the park. And it's a great way to facilitate generalization. So those are the skills that the child has learned in the home or school sessions, Mm -hmm. which can be applied out in the community. Mm -hmm. This is also a great way to work on novel goals that simply can't be targeted in the home or school setting. Mm -hmm. For example, creating a short list of needed items from the grocery store and helping a parent retrieve them, or initiating play or or a conversation with a peer playing at the park. Mm -hmm. One of the great things about ABA, and I'm sure all of you will agree with me, is that each program is highly individualized to meet the needs of the learner. Mm -hmm. So ABA therapists can work where the services are needed most. Yes, and that's important right there. Uh,
2: As long as we have some clinical justification why we're Somewhere or doing something somewhere, yes, we can go yeah, rather than reason, of course.
3: I would agree with that guys as well that, you know, usually, like you said, Ray, there's a clinical justification and typically some sort of goal or objective, you know, or a plan when you Mm -hmm. go into the community, we're going to address these things. So it's like a pre-planned agenda for that. Mm -hmm. And then it's great. Yeah. Then community is great to, like Savon said, to generalize skills and to really practice them in natural environments. That's Mm -hmm. critical to generalization and maintenance of the Skills
2: that we're teaching. Yes, right on. All right, Savan. Next one is which insurance covers ABA therapy. I'm sure a lot of folks out there are interested about this one.
1: Yeah, for sure. And you know, there's always changing information or, or mm-hmm. information that's constantly being updated out there from from state to state or from insurance to insurance across the board. But as of right now. All 50 states do have mandates that require at least some level of insurance coverage for the treatment of autism. ABA is considered an evidence-based therapy, so it's not considered experimental. Mm -hmm. And with respect to Medi-Cal and Medicare, these insurances cover all medically necessary behavioral health treatment services for beneficiaries. So that will typically include children diagnosed with, with ASD. Since ABA is an evidence-based and effective treatment for individuals with ASD, it is considered a covered treatment when mm-hmm. medically necessary. Yes. And in many cases, private insurance will also cover ABA services when medically necessary. But we always say that in these cases, it's best to speak directly with your medical insurance providers to Mm -hmm. determine the specifics of the coverage because those vary widely. Exactly. Yes. The Mm co-insurances, the the deductibles, the maximums. And that's just good practice and and Mm -hmm. helpful to ensure that ABA is, in fact, a covered benefit. Yes. Just like any other,
2: I guess, for medical insurance you know, and any other medical thing you have going on, you know, will it be covered by insurance? Yes, you're covered. but It really boils down to the details, you know, the co-pays, co-insurances, you know, and that's a big thing.
3: Yeah, those are excellent points, guys. And I think, I think if we were to describe in the global, that it seems like as time passes, we're seeing more and more coverage. So mm-hmm. more and more options mm-hmm. for families to get treatment covered. Like we talked about a little earlier. The private insurances are covering it in more states and Medicare, Medicaid is starting to cover it with time. We're even seeing a little bit of an extension into, in some cases, with Medicaid, Medi-Cal, Medicare, where a diagnosis is not necessarily a requirement but Mm -hmm. the requirement now is a need. So from my perspective, it looks like it's becoming more and more widespread
1: coverages,
3: which is great for our Mm -hmm.
1: families. Mm -hmm. It is great. More and more, we're moving in in, in the positive direction, the right direction when it comes to this stuff. Okay, next one. Who can provide ABA therapy? Great question. So ABA therapy is typically provided by board-certified behavior analysts, BCBAs. Board Certified Assistant Behavior Analysts, Mm BCABAs, Registered Behavior Technicians, Mm -hmm. RBTs. I know it's a lot of letters, so bear with me, guys. (laughs) (laughs) And paraprofessionals. And by paraprofessionals, we mean individuals who are in the field working towards one or more of these certifications Mm -hmm. under the supervision of, of a BCBA. Speaking of a BCBA, a BCBA is a person who has met the educational and professional training requirements established by the Behavior Analysis Certification Board. So a BCBA will typically hold a master's degree in psychology or child development or a related field. And some BCBAs may also hold a doctoral degree Mm -hmm. in one of these fields, and they're referred to as BCBA D's. Yes. There's one more letter <laughs> for you guys. More acronyms. Point yeah. <laughs> so the primary duties of uh, BCBAs include conducting clinical assessments, uh, establishing skill-based and behavioral goals, updating and modifying treatment goals, conducting parent and caregiver trainings, supervising staff such as the RBTs and the BCABAs, and really ensuring that the ABA program is implemented correctly. And Mm -hmm. effectively. And the BCBAs are also responsible for presenting data, writing progress reports, and communicating with funding sources. Mm -hmm. The duties of a BCABA are similar to a BCBA. However, they work under the supervision and direction of a BCBA. And the BCABA will typically hold a bachelor's degree in one of the previously mentioned fields psychology, child development, and so on. And finally, an RBT. So an RBT, a registered behavior technician, is a person who practices under the close ongoing supervision of a BCBA Mm -hmm. or a BCABA or a doctorate level BCBA. And they're primarily responsible for the direct implementation of ABA services. So folks, these are the people that are doing the one-on-one sessions. Yes. And right. I might so,
3: add, guys, I, um, what we're seeing a little bit stateside mm-hmm. is we're seeing some variation within the states. So California has a, one set of statewide laws that apply on who could do it. New York has another. And more and more states are adopting more and more requirements... Uh, in terms of who can provide it, but like Savan said, it is universal that behavior analysts, BCABAs, BCBA, BCBA Ds, and RBTs are providers for the service.
2: Mm-hmm. If I can add here, I mean, it's still evolving as we speak you know certifications requirements are still being redefined you know continually and this is good for the public things are getting stricter which means in the end you know you are ending up with someone who's really qualified to perform those responsibilities and you know, if there are BCBADs BCBA RBTs BCABAs you know it's all for the betterment
1: of everyone absolutely And sometimes other professionals like marriage and family therapists or even licensed clinical social workers may also provide ABA therapy in some instances, but like you guys pointed out, the majority of ABA services are provided by by the behavior analysts and and the registered behavior technicians and Mm -hmm. technicians. Right on. All right. Who needs ABA therapy, Simon? That's a good question. So and I just want to point this out before I answer the question. There is a little bit of a misconception out there that the principles of ABA are specific to autism. That is common. I can agree to yeah. that.
2: It's always like an association: ABA autism.
1: Right, and we are we are intertwined, mm-hmm. you know, in, in in many ways. But it's also important to note that the principles and, and methods of ABA are are they're mm-hmm. scientifically backed, and these mm-hmm. can be applied to to any individual. Mm-hmm. With that said, though, children, teenagers, and adults with ASD can greatly benefit from ABA therapy, especially Uh early intervention. Uh ABA therapy can benefit individuals by targeting challenging behaviors, attention skills, play skills, communication, motor, social skills, and, and many others also individuals with other developmental challenges such as adhd or or intellectual disability can also benefit from aba therapy as well right so on. many many people stand to benefit from from the principles and and methods mm-hmm. and uh aba
2: therapy aba based interventions you know um you can see these uh, being used a lot in other settings as well. You know, like school settings. You know, they've been implemented in those uh, and as well as uh, work settings as
1: well. Next one, Sivan, who created ABA therapy? Yeah, that's a great question. Again, and um, you know, we can probably talk about this for, for a long time, you know, going back to <laughs> the origins and, and so on. But yes, um, it's like behavior analysis 101, you know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Exactly. So Dr. Ivor Lovas and B.F. Skinner are considered to be the founders of ABA by many scholars and, and practitioners. Uh, Dr. Lovas conducted a lot of the original research for ABA in the 1980s mm-hmm. at UCLA, along with Robert Kogel. But many scholars and, and practitioners and behavior analysts might agree that much of the groundwork mm-hmm. of ABA was laid out by B.F. Skinner, yes, Harvard-trained psychologist who really focused on operating conditioning and mm-hmm. schedules of reinforcement, and maybe most importantly, the applications and implications of of behavior analysis so those are the individuals who founded i guess yes yes and like yes. you, we were
3: saying, guys, and kind of giggling, you know, behavior analysis 101, <laughs> there's even, you know, there's, there's even, you know, um, debate within our field where it starts. A lot of and,
1: debate. Yeah.
3: yeah. You know, does it start with Pavlov and classical conditioning? Mm-hmm. Does it go to John Watson and his work? Piaget, with... yeah. Mm-hmm. Classical conditioning, yeah. E.L. Thorndike and the law mm-hmm. of effect. Mm-hmm. Or, or is it a lot of folks really give a lot of weight to folks like Bear, Wolf, and Risley and mm-hmm. Sid Bijou and, like you guys said, Lovas and, mm-hmm. and all those guys. So there's a lot of you know contributions, I guess, in our mm-hmm. field from some important people that have brought mm-hmm. us to modern-day behavior analysis. I yeah, really
2: I mean, yes. I mean, if we're going to look at A, B, I, know, I don't want to spend so much time on this because I can, but we should not. But uh, I always look at it this way. If it's behavior analysis, you know, the, the, the science of behaviorism, you know, Skinner is up there, you know, and we're, when it comes to ABA, as we know it, and ASD, I always associate those with Dr. Lovas, the way yeah. I kind of like process the information, you know, at least when people ask me, you know, anyway, so yeah. just, some, you know, clarification, you know, uh, that we provide to you guys. Our and I
3: remember, I've attended, I not to totally go off on a tangent, but I remember <laughs> attending a conference where Ivar Lovas spoke. Mm -hmm. And he, in his speech was, or his presentation was crediting Sid Bijou for giving him his start. Mm-hmm. And I've heard others say that some of the Kansas esteemed faculty, Bear Wolf and Risley, might have also had a, a hand in that as they crossed paths mm-hmm. at the University of Washington. But it's really interesting. You almost have to get the story right from the person <laughs> mouth to see, you know, kind of what their thoughts are.
2: Yes, yes, yes. It's again, it's a very interesting topic as our listeners can observe right now. All right,
1: moving along.
2: We have to move on. We have to move forward. Uh, who qualifies? for ABA
1: therapy? Typically, individuals diagnosed with, with autism will qualify for ABA therapy services. However, again, like we talked about earlier, it's important for families and, and caregivers to, to really check with their insurance providers, their school districts. In some cases, the qualification or, or coverage for ABA services mm-hmm. have expanded from only individuals with autism to individuals with other developmental challenges yes. as well like John had touched on earlier. So again, best to to check based Mm -hmm. on specific need and Mm -hmm. and funding source. But generally speaking, individuals diagnosed with autism will typically qualify. Great. And like you said, Sivan, too. It's it's kind of dynamic, you know.
3: What today, right now, at the recording of this podcast is one, one, one environment, one situation. But in another six months, there might be some updates. So it is good to kind of check with an expert for sure. Yes,
1: yeah. There's a lot of information that's constantly changing when it comes to the funding and and the qualifications of of receiving benefits and things like that. So I agree.
2: Right, right on. Thank you, Savan. John,
1: Uh, next one. Who benefits from ABA therapy? Kind of like what we were discussing earlier, anyone and everyone can benefit Mm -hmm. from the application of of ABA principles and methods. With respect to ABA therapy, though, like one-on-one sessions, individuals living with, with ASD or other developmental challenges can greatly, greatly benefit from ABA therapy
2: thank you sir next one
1: what aba therapists do Oh, the day in the life of an uh, ABA therapist. Yes, therapy. day in oh, the life of. Yeah, good times. <laughs> so, this depends a little bit on on the clinical needs of an individual. <laughs> but as we all know, because we all used to be ABA therapists, right? yes, we all come from that. <laughs> The work of an ABA therapist can be quite dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, typically, an ABA therapist's job will include implementing the behavior intervention plan, mm-hmm. EIP. Yes. Running skill-building lessons. So these are commonly referred to as programs Mm -hmm. in the field of ABA. I'm sure parents familiar with the field or caregivers familiar with the field have heard that term a lot. Also, engaging in play with the client and conducting reinforcement sampling. There's a lot of play that takes place during Mm -hmm. ABA sessions, especially with our younger learners. Yes. Um, With respect to the BIP, the Behavior Intervention Plan... That's specific to each client, and it'll likely consist of one or more ABA-based principles to reduce unwanted behavior and increase desirable behavior. So the techniques that ABA therapists might use, they might include positive reinforcement, redirection, shaping procedures, extinction procedures, and that's just to name a few. We won't go too deep on that today. <laughs> <laughs> the programs the ABA therapists run, those will also vary significantly from individual to individual. And it's always based on their clinical needs. So those might include lessons such as washing hands, tying shoes, number, letter, color identification, initiating, maintaining play, reciprocal conversation, motor skills, and really the list just goes on and on. You guys know how it is. It's important to note though that the the VIPs and, and the skill building programs are established by the supervising BCBA, and the ABA therapists do not conduct the assessments, but they mm-hmm. implement the VIPs and the programs during the one on one sessions. A good ABA therapist, a strong, experienced ABA therapist, will spend a lot of time creating motivation, capturing motivation, and really having fun. With the learner and mm-hmm. creating learning opportunities throughout the session, everything's a learning opportunity. Even during play, mm-hmm. um, there's sharing, there's turn-taking taking place. There is following, you know, the rules of the game, and mm-hmm. it's really a lot going on. So the job of an ABA therapist is is dynamic. <laughs> it's it's fun, and it requires a lot of creativity, a lot of skill, and really that's what aba therapists do they they implement the bip they they implement the programs mm-hmm. and they create fun accessible and productive play and learning opportunities with with the learners thank you savon what does aba therapy
2: stand for what is aba
1: Well, that's a a fast one. Uh, ABA stands for Applied Behavior Analysis. Are you sure you got it covered, Siobhan? Should we expand on this? All
2: right, but it is up there, so we must answer. Okay, your last one. What is ABA therapy used for, Siobhan?
1: Good question. Simply put, ABA therapy is used to analyze and change behavior. Mm -hmm. More specifically, ABA therapy targets unwanted behaviors undesirable socially inappropriate behaviors and aims to replace those with desirable socially appropriate behaviors so that's one of the things that aba therapy is used for okay aba is also used to teach age appropriate and essential skills and like we talked about earlier these mm-hmm. vary widely depending on the clinical needs of the learner hmm but they might include self-help skills like you know the brushing teeth, the tying shoes, or more academic or motor skill or social-based items. Mm-hmm. Um, it really depends. But it's safe to say that overall, ABA is used to help people achieve their goals. Thank you, Sivan. Thank you very much for
2: answering that. My list.
1: pleasure. That was fun. <laughs> I guess it's your turn asking the questions again. All right. All right. Back to me. So next question on our list. Manjeet, do you want to answer this one for us? What can ABA therapy look like?
0: All right. Very good question, Savon. So ABA therapy sessions are customized for each child. No two children are the same, so neither are their ABA treatment plans. They're going to be very different for each child. A practitioner will work with the client and their families to develop a treatment plan that's unique to that child, and it'll be based on their skill assessments. Most sessions, however, include several types of different interactions that will prepare the individual for a variety of situations outside of the therapy sessions. Keep in mind that treatments in an ABA session are always one-on-one, and ABA therapy can focus on teaching skills such as brushing teeth, like you said earlier, tying shoes, dressing, asking and answering questions, learning your colors, your numbers playing, sharing, taking turns, and the list can go on and on and on. So what does a therapy session look like? It's completely individualized. Like you mentioned earlier, that's a lot of play involved, a lot of incidental teaching, a lot of learning opportunities are created. So it's different for each child and it's differing each day.
3: And keeping in mind, this can be at the home, the clinic, the community, a variety of settings, and that would factor into what it would look like as well.
0: Right.
1: Definitely. We are a very dynamic field. We're, we're all over. <laughs> right on, guys. Next question for you, Manjeet. What is ABA therapy?
0: So applied behavior analysis is a type of therapy that can improve social skills, communication skills, learning skills through positive reinforcement. It also helps reduce challenging behaviors. Many experts consider ABA to be the gold standard treatment for children with ASD or other developmental conditions. ABA uses distinct principles to understand the relationship between a child's behavior and their environment and how one can influence the other. So simply put, ABA therapy focuses on behavior. Therapists work with the client and their families to manage challenging behaviors and they encourage positive behaviors and they help build life skills.
1: Right on. Great answer. Thank you, Manji. What does ABA therapy help with?
0: So, ABA therapy helps decrease the challenging behaviors and it helps to develop socially significant skills. It helps teach motor skills, like I said earlier, communication skills, daily living skills. So, some more examples would be language, reading and writing, potty training, eating, fine motor skills, personal self care, and even domestic skills. It can help improve attention focus we can work on memory as well as academics so basically aba can be helpful in learning a wide range of skills
1: i love it it's great how how expansive the field is in terms of of what we can teach and and the types of skills that our learners can learn right there's
0: there's, right. there's there's no limits right
1: that is so cool what does aba therapy consist of
0: so, ABA therapy incorporates behavioral techniques such as reinforcement, prompting, and fading strategies, extinction. Those are just to name a few. And again, you know, we could go on and on with that list. Strengths are expanded on and generalized, and deficits are replaced with skills in order to help the individual be more successful in their environment.
1: Awesome. So, what is ABA therapy training?
0: So this is kind of something that you touched on uh, earlier, Savon. Professionals are required to have met educational and professional training. To be at the BCBA level, you're required to hold a master's degree in psychology or related field, complete additional ABA classwork, gain experience through a supervised practicum or field work, and of course, uh, pass the national certification exam to be credentialed. For the RBT level, you're required to complete a 40-hour training, and a BCBA will complete an observational assessment, and then you go on to do the written exam. And like you said earlier, for an RBT, they're closely supervised by a BCBA throughout.
1: Right on, so, Medjid. Yeah. The next question is, when did ABA therapy start?
0: So ABA roots began in the 20th century. ABA therapy was first developed by Dr. Ivar Lovas and Robert Kogel at UCLA in the 1980s. The early foundation of ABA programs involved both reinforcement and punishment techniques. However, over the last 50 years, researchers and practitioners have developed a range of other ABA-based interventions and techniques. Awesome. I'll
1: combine these next two questions for Uh you, Menji. When to start and stop ABA therapy?
0: Okay. So the right time to start ABA therapy is as soon as the individual shows signs of autism or is diagnosed with a developmental disorder. According to the CDC, receiving therapy at a young age can have a significant impact on the child's ability to learn new skills and overcome any challenges. And it helps increase success in school and in life. So basically to answer you know, when to start therapy, the earlier you start, the better it is. Now, when should you stop therapy? There's no time frame. There's no concrete rules to when one should stop ABA therapy. It really depends on the child and the family, basically the child's progress. So, usually services can end when the client's goals have been met and generalized. However, in this case, services are never stopped abruptly, they're systematically faded out. So, you just, even though you're making progress and you've met all your goals, you just don't come to an end. This is a way to make sure that the learned skills are maintained outside of ABA sessions and that additional issues don't arise. You know how we were talking earlier about generalizing, you know, what you've learned in the home, you know, are we able to generalize that out in the community? Slowly decreasing the hours helps to ease the transition for both the child and the family. But there are cases where services are just stopped, and those can be, you know, personal reasons for the family. But from a therapy, clinical standpoint, yeah. Yeah. It's, we don't, we don't just say, okay, we're done. That's There's great that you pointed that
1: out. Yeah, we want to fade out gradually when, when possible for the right. reasons you pointed out and also to prevent any regression. Exactly. We want to yeah. sustain those, those gains. Keep right. those gains. Great. Yeah. Why do ABA therapy?
0: So ABA therapy is a scientific set of principles that are based on research that helps build meaningful and significant social behaviors for the family and the individual. There have been hundreds of studies that have been done that shows that you know ABA, th- ABA therapy is effective. So best of all, ABA is an all-encompassing approach to build skills in the areas that are needed to live out a valuable and a fulfilling life.
1: Thank you, Manji. Why is ABA therapy so expensive?
0: The cost of ABA can vary. It's based on your child's or the individual's therapy needs. The type of ABA program that you choose, who provides the therapy. ABA therapy is administered by highly trained professionals. It's intended to be intensive. It requires rapidly, rapidly changing supplies and materials, you know. so hence the cost. ABA can be expensive, but most people don't end up having to pay for the entire cost of their pocket. Most health insurance plans will cover at least a portion of the cost. So it's best that families or individuals reach out to their insurance providers for more information on the cost.
3: Yeah and I might add, it, it's a great point, manji. as you were answering this, I was thinking that it's even a possibility to use flexible spending accounts or health spending accounts that you may have set up through your employer or you may consider setting up through your employer. So that might also be an avenue to help defer or reduce the costs. Right: as much Yeah, as there's, there's, I'm, I'm
0: sure there's so many different <laughs> options once you start looking into it. There, there's help out there financial help as well. And we have one last one for you, Manjit. Why is ABA therapy important? So ABA therapy is important because it uses evidence-based behavioral principles to modify behavior. As I mentioned before, it's the gold standard of treatments. So there is more scientific evidence supporting the implementation of ABA than there are of any other treatment. It's important because it gives the individual the necessary skills that they need in order to perform many of their life's functions independently.
1: That is super helpful. Thank you. Thank you, Manjeet. You're welcome. Uh, that's all I have for you. Thanks. For and on, I think uh, it's my turn. I will be asking
2: Dr. Lubbers. Sean, first question for you. How much ABA therapy is needed?
3: This is a good question and it gets asked of us often when we mm-hmm. do assessments and start ABA treatment. The amount of ABA therapy sometimes referred to or sometimes spoken about as the intensity of treatment or the intensity mm-hmm. of therapy varies from person to person and is really highly individualized. The factors that can affect the intensity of treatment can, and can include the breadth of the treatment or how many things we're trying to address or, in other words, the complexity of the program. Are we teaching language and social skills and play mm-hmm. skills and pre-academic skills and a variety of different skills? Then generally, you could you would imagine there would be more intense program and more hours. Mm-hmm. Um, also, how resistant or rigid the, the behaviors for change are or how difficult it is to make those changes can mm-hmm. also affect how much therapy is needed. There is some research, however, where our young kids, early intervention, it is research-based and research-proven that you know 25 or more hours per week are mm-hmm. the requirements, the intensity, the number of hours that are associated with best-case results and best mm-hmm. case responders. So mm-hmm. uh, in sum, it varies from individual to individual. And it varies on the types of goals that you're working with and the nature of those goals. Uh, we do have some research that says with the little ones that more intensive programs are more helpful, more mm-hmm. successful, mm-hmm. Um, but it is very individualized.
2: All right on. Next one is, how much ABA therapy cost. Great question <laughs> as
3: well. So in general, ABA therapy, like Manji, like Savon, like you said, Ray, in previous answers, it can be expensive and it can kind of be cost prohibitive. And the mm-hmm. reasons for that are those reasons that we've already articulated. It's intensive. It's mm-hmm. highly specialized. There's mm-hmm. a lot of materials and training and and things that are involved that make that service expensive. Mm -hmm. However, the good news is more and more with the changes in the legislation, both nationally and statewide, mm-hmm. um, more and more, we're getting coverage from mandatory or required coverage from the private insurance plans, from the Medicaid, Medical, mm-hmm. Medicare entities, and so it's becoming easier to access. Like I just min- uh, mentioned a minute or so ago, another option could be using flexible spending accounts or health savings accounts as a way to pay or defer costs as well. Mm-hmm. So. It is expensive, but there are more and more ways to get it either completely covered or partially covered as time passes.
2: Mm-hmm. And I guess uh, it's really just best to have that communication with the provider, you know, and maybe they can help you. I'll give you the right information and lead you to the right direction, and hopefully, keeping those costs down as much as possible. Great,
3: great point, Ray. Because of the specifics of everybody's situation, mm-hmm. where they may reside all those variables, it's always really good to get the consult, uh, consultation with some mm-hmm. um, skilled provider in your area. Right on. Third, um, how is ABA therapy effective? Wow. Well, <laughs> like some of our questions earlier, this one we could probably do an entire show or a series <laughs> of shows on. The short answer to that would be it's an approach, a treatment approach that is based on years of scientific research, both in the lab and in the, in, in the community and applied settings. These techniques and the approaches that, that we use have been demonstrated to be effective mm-hmm. across a variety of individuals in a variety of situations, and over time. So they're really well-supported approaches. That being said, Mm -hmm. uh, one size does not fit all. And what I mean by that, or what's meant by that, is there are usually a few different approaches within behavior analysis, a few different evidence-based practices within behavior analysis that can be used to address particular goals. And mm-hmm. so if one is not, the, is not having success, your, your ABA practitioner and professional is likely to be able to suggest other approaches. So there are a variety of different approaches and they are almost all, they're almost all research proven.
2: Mm-hmm. And that's something that uh, our listeners, our families out there, they must, they must keep in mind that there's a lot of information that we can use, but we won't use all of them at the same time. You know, in behavior analysis, we want to be able to do the least amount of intervention that is the most effective and then right. change when needed. You know, if something's not working, and then we make some change. Because sometimes, you know, people get frustrated very easily and very early, you know, in the services and it gives them a bad, I guess, uh, experience from the get go. And it shouldn't be like that. It is right. trial and error sometimes.
3: Yes. And some of the techniques just take time. You know, yes, exactly. Your your point, Ray, is it it sometimes just takes time to Mm -hmm. change behavior Mm and to teach behavior, and it's Mm -hmm. not a quick fix. And that's important to kind of keep that in mind Mm -hmm. a lot of the
2: time. And especially for positive positive reinforcement based interventions. Um, One thing about anything that is based on reinforcement is that it does take time. And that's what we need to remind our listeners takes time right we can do something that have that will have immediate results but we will not go there we will not right. do it because they're punitive yeah in nature and we will not base our intervention on punishment but that's for a yeah. different day a different topic yeah. all right dr Lewis, thank you very much uh, next question um how long does aba therapy last
3: This is also highly individualized. It can vary from individual Mm -hmm. to individual. Some of the factors that would influence the variability in treatment Mm -hmm. would be how many things are you working on? What is your starting point? Mm -hmm. What is your end point? What do you want to work towards in terms of goals? So there's a lot of variability in there in terms of that. What is the environment that you're working within? having said that as well, in general, research says that for our best practice interventions for children with autism spectrum disorders generally last between one to three years. And that time is what you can expect to really commit to ABA treatment. There are exceptions. There are clients that we've worked with where six months is adequate, eight months, nine months, 10 months is adequate, or sometimes where it's particularly complex and it might go beyond three years. But in general mm-hmm. best practices suggest one to three years.
2: Right on. Thank you, sir. Next one, how to get ABA therapy.
3: There are a few ways to go about this. And like we've talked about earlier in the podcast, you know, insurance really is where insurance and Medi-Cal, Medicare, Medicaid is really the direction that seems everything seems to be moving towards. But in some other environments uh, in the public school setting, there is a IE, the IEP process and IDEA is an option for getting ABA services in the public school setting. In some states, there are state-supported developmental disabilities organizations and agencies, and those can be options And well here in California as well. Here mm-hmm. in California, we have the regional center system, and mm-hmm. that's an option as well. It has changed over the last ten years as legislation has come into play, but there are usually there are increasing numbers of options to get ABA therapy. And again, this is the kind of thing where it might be best suited for a family, a parent, or a caregiver to contact an ABA or a, a professional and get some guidance.
2: Right on. How much is ABA therapy per hour?
3: Oh, this is really. You're getting a
2: lot of how much questions.
3: John. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's really the focus of the people um, for my group. All right. Um, cost is going to vary widely from area to area. Mm-hmm. Um, in general, like we've said, it is expensive because of the specificity and the intensity and some of the logistics. Like we've talked about, it's community based, mm-hmm. it's home based. You know, there's a lot of logistical issues in there. To get the specific cost, though, if you're looking to pay for this out of pocket or using a flexible spending account or a health savings account, I would suggest, we would suggest that it's probably best to contact the providers mm-hmm. in your area and you can just you know do a, an internet search for them. Or you can even go to the BACB's website and look for providers in your specific area. I think you mm-hmm. can search by zip code now.
0: Yes. And you yes. can
3: reach out. Yeah, you can reach out directly to them and ask them for what we typically refer to in the industry as a private pay rate.
2: Mm-hmm. Right on. Thank you. How to do ABA therapy yourself? Okay, controversial
3: area. And there are a couple of ways when I was looking at this, there are a couple of ways really to look at this. First and foremost, this is generally not a do it yourself area, a DIY kind of thing. Like they say in the, you know, keeping in the DIY theme, this is a more complicated project and you might want to get a professional. <laughs> However, it is still around the world. It is still finding a professional in your area, still can present some difficulties for mm-hmm. rural areas.
2: I can imagine. Yes, exactly.
3: And areas outside of the United States. Mm-hmm. So. In those situations, there are a couple directions that you can go. Um, what we would recommend is, is first of all, you know, you can go to the BACV's website and look for professionals in your area by zip code, by country, by state, however you want to search. If you're coming to us from another country, you're looking for a professional from another country, go to some of the local universities, look in the psychology departments, the special education departments, those departments that would most closely be associated with behavior analysis if Mm -hmm. there's not a behavior analysis department. And increasingly around the world, there are universities that are teaching behavior analysis Mm -hmm. as a specific discipline. Yes, Um, definitely. So definitely reach out to those folks. There are organizations, companies, agencies that will provide a variety of different supports for you in a remote location. And sometimes they call it a workshop where they'll send out a qualified trainer to your area, train a team of people, professionals, and those people will work with your child Mm -hmm. and they'll just supervise them remotely. Mm-hmm. Another way would be to to kind of nowadays as we 're getting video supervision or video technology and video conferencing mm-hmm. is getting better and more secure. Mm-hmm organizations are more adopting and adapting to using video to supervise. And so we're able to do that. Mm-hmm. And we're even starting to see some of the law change with respect to, you know, the acceptability of they call it telehealth, telehealth mm-hmm. or telemedicine. So it's becoming more and more and it's easier to gain access to these mm-hmm. services. So mm-hmm. what we would say in some is it would generally would recommend you don't do it yourself because it is complicated. It is specific. You do need a lot of education and you need a lot of expertise and experience in in this specific area to be able Mm -hmm. to do it effectively. So we would recommend you move in those other directions. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: How to start ABA therapy at home? The best way to do this is to contact a local trained and experienced provider in your area. However, like I was just saying, sometimes if you live in a rural area or outside of the the country, outside of the United States, it can be difficult. And if this is the case and you don't have local options, you may look back to those universities and colleges in your area, more and more uh, starting to employ BCBAs mm-hmm. as faculty, they're starting to have behavior analysis programs. You can ask them, you can reach out and ask to them, ask them for suggestions or help or what directions that they suggest that you turn, in, turn to. Mm-hmm. And because they're local to the area or more local, they may have some additional resources for you. Mm -hmm. Um, you can contact the large companies uh, in the large cities and ask them. And like I was mentioning a minute ago, sometimes there's these workshop options or video supervision or some other ways of providing service to individuals in areas where it's hard to find somebody. The last thing we would recommend and we have recommended is to look at the local autism support groups or parent support groups in your area. Usually there's a, a small group of folks composed of parents in the same situation as you Mm -hmm. and they might have some experience or some resources or some recommendations to look at and the directions to look at so those would be the suggestions that we would make Mm
1: -hmm.
2: thank
3: you another one how to get aba therapy covered Like we've mentioned before, this is complicated and it's probably best if you have a treatment professional to speak with to look into Mm -hmm. the specifics of your situation and to give you information. Like I mentioned before, however, if that's not an option or if you prefer to do things yourself, Mm -hmm. more and more states are adopting the medical necessity criterion for autism spectrum disorder and ABA therapy. Okay, like we've discussed in the past, uh, mm-hmm. earlier in the podcast, and with time, more and more are and will adopt this requirement. So, if you live in a state that has the medical necessity criterion, the first thing you should do is contact your insurance and verify what coverage your insurance will provide you, or Medicare, or Medicaid, or MediCal, depending on what of the CMS coverages would cover you as well. After you've verified that coverage, the next thing you should do to get ABA therapy covered by your insurance or Medi-Cal, Medicare, Medicaid is to make sure that the person you're trying to get the therapy for has a current diagnosis of autism spectrum disorder. With most of the private insurances, the commercial insurances, they require that of your provider before they'll authorize services for assessment or Mm -hmm. services for intervention. We did talk earlier in the podcast in some cases, we're starting to see where some entities will cover if there is a behavioral necessity Mm -hmm. and not necessarily a diagnosis. But it's usually best to kind of get some assistance from a provider because they can help you think through some of the questions and answers and some of the variables in your specific
2: situation. Right on. Okay, last one, John. Um, How to learn ABA therapy? Love this question. Yes. Uh,
3: Nowadays, there are many graduate programs and undergraduate programs to get training in ABA and ABA therapy. So that would be first recommendation is just do an internet search, look and see for ABA training programs in my area, Mm -hmm. and you'll get some results back. There are a lot of distance learning or online coursework and courses out there. So even if you're not geographically close to a university, you can sometimes find an online program. That would be recommendation number one, is to get that formal education. Uh, Additionally, there are resources on the internet that give you some basic education on the specifics in ABA therapy. You could probably YouTube Mm -hmm. specific ABA therapy techniques and you'll find some decent resources. Or you can even look to, you know, if you know somebody who's getting it, getting ABA therapy, that is, it's likely that a part of or a component of that therapy for that individual is to train the caregivers or stakeholders that are surrounding or important or a part of that person's treatment. So you might also be able to get some ABA training and to learn some ABA techniques and get some basics in ABA therapy to be able to learn ABA therapy from a provider that's providing services for somebody you know. So there are a variety of ways and we do mm-hmm. recommend that you do seek that out because it's a really specified approach.
2: Yes. And that was the last from our list of the most searched ABA keywords, John.
3: Well, those were great, guys. We really got a chance to, to cover a lot of interesting mm-hmm. material.
2: Um, Else we have,
3: yeah. yeah I think we, these what did are we get
1: through? like forty of them, fifty of them, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, yeah.
3: Forty or Quite fifty questions, project. and all these are again the things that everybody was looking for on the internet, the things mm-hmm. that they were searching, the questions that the the listener reader has out there. And again, like Savan and we all said, you know, we apologize, guys, for the sometimes there's a little overlap or redundancy. Mm -hmm. the questions and also sometimes the questions are, or the area where information is being sought is not in the form of a question or it's a sentence fragment. We did that because we really wanted to address specifically what you were looking for. So we left them as they were searched and just answered them as best we could. So we hope this was very helpful for you. I'd like to thank Ray, Sivan, Manji, you guys for answering the questions. Questions And to you, the listener, if you have additional questions, please visit us on our website and suggest topics, ask questions, interact with us. We will answer your questions. We will take your feedback and your responses and try to address them in future podcasts. Otherwise, I'd like to thank you for listening and look forward to seeing you all again
1: in the near future. Thank you all. We hope this helped.
0: Great. Thank you for listening. Thanks, everyone. For more insight from the Leafwing Center, please visit the Leafwing Center website and blog page at leafwingcenter.org. Email us at info at or visit us at your favorite social media outlet. Feel free to submit questions or comments about this or future podcasts, and we will put links to information discussed in today's show on the website. We look forward to next time. Thank you.